Every individual in the United States or potentially in the world has something that they carry in their wallet that states identification. The list on that particular identification that they carry has certain attributes. It has a name, it may have a height, it might have a weight, an eye color, a hair color, a lot of distinguishing factors that make you, you. But what you don't know if you were to read an identification, while you can read the characteristics, that's what it tells you on the outside. What you can't possibly know is what is that individual and who is that individual on the inside? And based upon those characteristics, what have they done with the gifts that God has given them? Welcome to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Chuck Garcia, and my guest this evening is Peggy O'Neill. Peggy, welcome to A Climb to the Top. I'm so glad to be here, Chuck. Thank you for having me. But tell us what you do, and then we can, from there, explore the background and discuss your climb to the top. Yes. So right now, my biggest um, adventure in life is enjoying each moment. And that is, I understand something that is very important to mountain climbers because every step is important. (laughs) And as I've matured, I've recognized that that is so true. You know, if you're not enjoying the ride, what's the point of being here, right? So um, in my professional world, I am a motivational, inspirational speaker and a diversity trainer. And I do that for corporations, for women's groups, for teens, and for kids. I've spoken in hundreds of uh, elementary schools about anti-bullying and I do similar programs for adults although they don't call it that but that's really what it is and um, yeah and now I'm going online with COVID and I'm doing some programs on resiliency and optimism so fantastic now as I opened what I discussed is on that identification card there is height weight hair color eye color etc just for the perspective of our audience some of them are listening in some of them are watching us just describe those attributes that really form the basis as part of our discussion yes well my name is peggy o'neill and i am three feet eight inches tall Mm -hmm. and that sort of puts me way outside the bell curve (laughs) and about one in 50,000 births are people of short adults with short stature and i have been this way <laughs> and I uh, my hair color is blonde and my my eye color is blue because I have a grandmother who was born in Sweden who I am named after her name was Peggy mm-hmm. so there, that's about that and I live in um, a small town in Southern California sort of halfway between LA and Santa Barbara I think as a logical starting point because I do want to get to your transformation where it occurred in different places Talk to us about your psychotherapy training and how that has helped you to do what you do for a living. Okay, well, it started with the need. So um, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So I was uh, living in Hawaii in a very idyllic situation on a farm with 10 friends and we were all getting along, everything was peachy and I was waking up in the morning with suicidal thoughts. So it was very clear the contrast between the outside and the inside. It wasn't anything on the outside that was that I knew it was me. It wasn't the a situation, right? So I um, didn't pray at that time, but I said a prayer and I asked God for some help. And 
within a couple of weeks, someone showed up and showed me these books. I went to a workshop with him a couple of weeks later, and I had a very transformative experience where I wouldn't say it was psychotherapeutic. I would say it was more in the realm of um, sort of the truth and the spiritual realm and in the realm of um, that which doesn't change. And I had an experience. I was having a very, uh, this is just going to tell this quick story of having um, a broken heart around a lot of difficulties in relationship, romantic relationship. And my teacher asked me to look in my heart. I saw the steel plate and he said, can you go behind it? And when I did, he said, what's your experience now? And I was in this black infinite space. And I said, it's like standing in the middle of the night sky, but there's no stars. And he said to me, that's who you are. And then in that moment, I had a very clear recognition that that identification that was on my ID and all the ideas I had in my head about something's wrong with me because I'm so different, completely, they didn't shatter, but I could see that there was a deeper truth. I could see that there was something behind all of that that was more potent, that was more powerful, and that was much more poignant and true. And so I began on that path. And um, it took me into this, um, it was more, it's more, it's called the diamond approach. And it's more of a psycho-spiritual uh, approach to dealing with the ego issues and the awakening of one's true nature. And from that, I, gained, I saw that I had skills in psychotherapy. So I embarked on the um, path of becoming a certified Hakomi therapist. And what, with the path to the certification, what was your intention? My intention was to take the skills that I, like what you said in the beginning, to take the, the, the God-given skills that I had. I had, a, I had skills with compassion and empathy and listening and uh, insight and a, way, a, a gentle way to guide people into a deeper place inside themselves so they could, un, they could start uh, sort of un, unveiling the diamond within, I call it, and, 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 and seeing the ego activity and start to get to be able to get a handle to disseminate that and to dissolve it. So um, my ultimate goal was to recognize that I had experienced so much transformation that that transformation was available for other people too. And um, yeah, let's, let's do that. That sounds fun. What are the yeah. tools that you had developed that helped you that help others in spite mm. of whatever is on yeah. that identification card? First one was learning about the power of thoughts and the power of my critical voice and that I had the capacity to silence it whenever it started acting out. So as soon as I heard the voice of, uh, I can't, I shouldn't, I, um, it won't happen. Um, one of the things that happened to me was that um, when I was, before I became, before I went to Hawaii, I was in photography school at Art Center, which sort of like this Harvard of Art Schools in Pasadena, California, very, very hard school. And I was in commercial photography and I had all this really, really, really big equipment, heavy, big equipment, four by five camera, big tripods, big metal stands, heavy lights that were bigger than my whole body. It was very challenging for me. And every semester I wanted to drop out and the dean and my friends kept telling me, come on, you're talented, you can do it. And so I, I, I made my climb to the top there. Chuck, I really did. I mean, right. it was a hard, hard climb. And I got a month from my graduation and the dean called me into his office and he said, you know, your portfolio looks fantastic. You're really talented. Congratulations for 
making it all the way through the school. It's not been easy for you. And I just want to warn you when you go out into the world, nobody's going to hire you because you're a little person. So uh, I crashed and burned and moved to Hawaii and I dropped out. And what I tell people in my, in my books and in my speeches is that it wasn't the dean that, 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 that trashed my dream or crashed my dream. It was my internal voice because I internalized that voice. And I started telling myself, I'll never get hired. I mean, his voice is just one blip on the screen, but as soon as I start running it like a tape in my mind over and over, I completely, every time I went to think about opening a studio or showing my portfolio to an ad agency or applying for a job to mentor them um, to assist another photographer, the, the, the floor just completely fell out. I said, it'll never happen. So um, that was a demise of the end of my like 30 year education. And it was uh, quintessential. I mean, not quintessential. It was like a huge, uh, it was the, shows the power of one thought. So silencing a critical voice when it comes up and to not internalize people's negativity is one of the top things. And once I started, I mean, once I got past sort of the thing with my college, there was always the thing, especially around dating and going to get other jobs of, you know, are people going to see me as an adult? Are people going to see me as an equal? Are people going to see me as attractive? Are people going to see me as desirable, right? All of that. And there's always that voice saying, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not like other people. You know, when you're not like other people, the ego just jumps on it and makes it you're bad. So I constantly and still have to fight against that voice. And I mean, I'm sure all people, whenever a, a new challenge or a new goal comes up, you're like, I want to do that. I want to get to the top of that mountain. And then there's that voice inside. Who do you think you are? What, what, do you, what, what makes you think you're so good that you can get that? You know, and that's when we have to say stop. So the three ways to stop the critical voice is one, to be aware of it, to pay attention to your inner dialogue, be aware. Two, when you hear it, command it to stop with a firm voice. Do not dialogue with it. Just command it to stop. And the third thing is to come back to, I call it the magic of the moment. Sense your arms and legs, look around you and see, oh my gosh, I'm in this beautiful place in this beautiful setting. And here I am applying myself in this moment. How do we overcome the urge to just constantly banter back and forth in our head that often drives us crazy? Yeah, and, and I would say the answer to that question is self-love is to love yourself enough to not let that voice beat you down. And just know that that's the ego's job. It wants to keep you safe, familiar, contained, and you want to expand. And so every time you want to go for expansion, it's going to come up. And you just have to know that in order to honor my path of being an evolutionary being, I have to ward off. This is one of the obstacles that I need to ward off. So, yeah. Right, indeed. Now, yeah. all of that, has led you to a different place where you often speak to large groups of people. But yes. in order to do that, what did you learn about yourself along the way that others may be able to relate to that put you on that stage? Well, one is that speaking is a skill that you never complete. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's an upward mountain that never ends. Like your speaking skill can always get better. So that's one thing that applies to all people. But well, I think Ern more, Ern Ernest Hemingway said, we are all apprentices in a craft that none of us will ever master. So I appreciate uh, yeah, I like to memorize that one. That's really great. So the other um, more important things are that like and these also go along with the first question that you asked me about what are the things i learned in my healing really that transformed my life 
So another thing that we can do is reframe our challenges into gifts because uh, a lot of people think that challenges come in life as a way to beat them down, as to punish them, retaliation. Some people call it bad karma. You know, there's all kinds of ways that people think about the challenges that come to them. But this new, uh, I watched a really interesting interview with uh, Eckhart Tolle and my new uh, online hero, Russell Brand. And uh, Eckhart said, life is here to challenge us, not to satisfy us. Well, one brings pleasure and one is difficult. That's, that's, that's a basic distinction that I figured out. But right. the, challenge is, the really question is, which one am I gonna, at what point am I going to give up on this? Right, and, right. And, then, and then it depends on what your goal is. And I mean, my, my, my understanding from an early age was my birthright was to be happy. And so when I had all of this reinforcement from the outer, people staring, laughing, rejection, exclusion, dating, difficulties, all of that, the dean telling me, you know, disrespecting me, people talking down to me, like the list goes on, right? So all of that input that something's wrong with me and I, and all of course, I'm a person, I have feelings. I know what it's like, to, I mean, it doesn't feel good to be degraded, to be compared, to be humiliated, laughed at, all of that. So if I was like, if I am gonna, if I know my birthright is gonna be, is to be happy, how am I gonna get there? And so that was sort of a reframing of my challenge. Like, this is a good place. Like, I'm a little person and life is giving me a lot of challenges, like a really lot of challenges, especially to feel good about myself no matter what. Right. And to, and, and then also a lot of gifts. You know, I, I was a great photographer. I'm a great therapist. I'm a great speaker. I, I, and I have other qualities that I'm mean, great with people. I mean, I have so many gifts. And it's like, how can I, if I'm just going to avoid the thing about being hurt all the time, I'm just going to have to stay in my house. I would be permanent COVID from age 15, right? So I, I, it was really a great thing when I started to learn that, okay, what's, what's really going on here and what's really going on here is that I have this enormous potential to become this fully enlightened, beautiful, whole, radiant, wise, resilient, amazing human being. And these challenges are the digging of the diamond that is inside of me. And all the, every time I work through a challenge, another layer of the gunk goes off. And every time that light inside of me has a little bit more chance to come through. So now I look at my situation and say, I have this amazing diamond inside me and I am gonna, I'm this amazing person that I know that much so far and I'm gonna tell a story about how I came to know that in a minute. But uh, amongst all the other accolades on the outside, that if I look at it in terms of this all is for preparing me, or you know, one great way of saying it is life is happening for me not life is happening to me, or these challenges are happening for me, not these challenges are happening to me. So wherever the difficulty lies, we want to inquire into that and say, what's the gift in this challenge? How is this challenge, even though it sucks, even though it's terrible, even though it, you know, I want to put my fist through a window or, you know, any slug somebody or slit my, cut myself, whatever. Um, there is some anger and some resentment about it, frustration, all of that difficult feelings. Those are the places to say, okay, look there. And right when you, and you inquire into what, how is this challenge helping me grow? How do you help one get 
comfortable in the discomfort of an outcome that may happen, but it's the mindset that tells them it's either failure or it's feedback. What do you say to, to your patients? Yeah, I mean, I say uh, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention because uh, pay attention to what's running you because fear is only going to run you into the ground. Right. And it's a, it's a one-way street. Fear just diminishes you. That's just... That's its, that's, its, that's its aim. It's to hold you into confinement, to keep the ego structures the same, to keep you in something that's familiar. And you have to be bold. You have to be brave. You have to be resilient. You have to say, I'm bigger than my pain. I'm bigger than this challenge. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to get through this. And I mean, and also, you know, you can read something inspirational. You can read about you know, Henry Ford, whose father told him he was an idiot and his idea was an idiot or Thomas Edison who failed 121 times or whatever that was, or the, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series that they got turned down by 141 publishers because Ford became the biggest success in nonfiction history. So, you know, it's all a mind game, Chuck. Right, it's, right. It's, it's all paying attention and, 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 and paying attention to, okay, the voice of failure is the self-doubt and I'm afraid of judgment. And really, I think the, ba the really big, biggest fear, Chuck, is the fear of the unknown. What does one do with the book that tells them it's okay to fail? I'll throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's one way. But, but yeah, that, I get a new book. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I go back to the, the, the basic three things that I like to share with people. One is um, silence a critical voice. Silence the voice that's there telling you you're going to be shamed. You're going to be, you know, everybody's going to be laughing at you. You know, that's just a critical voice and that's there to hold you in place. So just silence the voice by saying stop, what I talked about earlier. Second thing is to reframe the challenge. How is my fear of moving forward helping me? Like it's calling, what it is, is it's calling up for some of your inner strength and some of your inner clarity and some of your inner gumption, some of your inner knowing about your purpose in life to burst forward and to be expressed through you. And the third thing that I suggest for people is that they unveil the diamond inside. And that means to take some time to actually go inside yourself and find your deeper self and to find it, the place that's beyond all of the memories and history and ideas and conditions and learned self to the the, to the self that's been there since you were born, the, since you were created, the part of you that's connected to the divine. And when you encounter that part, even though there are, and I've experienced this over and over again with myself, is that even though there's people, I call it throwing mud at me or throwing tomatoes or mud or stones or whatever at me, my, my inner conviction is to be who I am and to be that magnificence that's inside of me. And everyone has that magnificence. And I had an amazing experience I'd like to share with your audience about when I sort of, this awareness came to me. And what happened was I was in a, um, a therapeutic situation and it was a cathartic, we were in it, we were, we were looking at our negative experience with our parents since we were born. And so there was a lot of things bringing up into my awareness about my anger, about things that happened to me as a young person. So one night I came and there was a pack of, stack of pillows and a bed and I was punching the pillows and punching the pillows and 43 at rounds of 45 minutes, I was really exhausted. I laid back and went, um, 
the session was over, I closed my eyes and inside I saw something, inside my heart, I saw something chuck. It changed my life. What it was, was a diamond. And it wasn't the kind of diamond you wear on your finger. This diamond was huge. It went from above my head all the way down to below my toes. A very big diamond. Yeah, huge. <laughs> I mean, like bigger than my body. And light was streaming out in every direction. And it was effulgent. And it was beautiful. And it was, I knew, and it was precious. And in that moment, I knew, again, that this was my true nature. I knew that somehow my inner awareness was showing me something that was more true, more substantial, more deep, and more real than anything else I had ever learned about myself. Not everybody's going to see a diamond, but maybe there's a description here. So what are you recommending to others? Without raising the expectation they're going to see a diamond, you're onto something here. What can they do to mirror that? They can do it the exact opposite way, which is the way I do it every morning, which is to just sit with my eyes closed and or even when I'm laying in bed and to visualize a diamond inside myself and to have the self-talk, which is really the self-love about I am precious, I am beautiful, I am valuable because I'm a human being. Not because I got a, a, you know, the, the, the greatest award at my school or the greatest sports award or I have trophies lining my shelves, or I got a book award, or I won the Nobel Prize even. I mean, it's just because I'm a human being, and all human beings have intrinsic value. And just like we need to discover our inner strength and our inner wisdom, it also helps in life when we discover our inner value, and that's what was happening for me in that moment. So people who deal with the fear of failure need to recognize that that they have value. And yes, it's like, uh, I mean, it's a resilience thing. Yes, we all fall down. I mean, nobody stood up and walked across the carpet the first time when we were like, Mom, watch me now. We fell down. We fell down. We fell down. We tried to ride a bike. We tried to write an essay. We tried to, you know, uh, have our first social intimate experience with the opposite sex. It's all fumble and jumble and we fail. And sometimes we succeed, you know? So, I mean, so uh, it just part of life. And I think it's very important also for people to recognize in terms of the people seeing things as a potential failure, that there's nothing that's permanent. Everything is impermanent. Everything changes. So even though you may today feel like you're a failure, in six months or six years, you may not. Yeah, so it was it Winston always Churchill. is changing. It's always changing. Yeah, Winston Churchill said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the will to continue that counts. And you're listening to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Chuck Garcia, and my guest this evening is Peggy O'Neill. I have a sense that within me and within all people, there is a yearning to be whole, to feel connected to the, 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 the wholeness, and to... Um, to sort of escape the experience of separation and fear of the future or the unknown and to have a peace of mind. And I would say to have, to, to integrate some time of self-reflection instead of having 100% of your time outside of yourself on taking care of others, taking care of your body, watching screens, reading screens, doing media, all that stuff that we're out, 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 sports, everything. Uh, Everything is out, out, out in our culture. 
and what we lack is the the value of that as actually to have balance in life to fulfill your potential to fulfill your potential there must be some time to go inward when you climb a mountain there's a base camp you're not climbing all the time you climb and then you stop and you rest and it's the same thing with our with our own development that there's times when we're out and expressing there also has to be time and when we're and, and the point i'm getting to is that when you do have a set moments for self-reflection or a period of the day for self-reflection to just tune into that part of you that wants to unfold that wants that voice inside that's saying i i it's not a time and desires like I want to be more this. I want to be more loving. I want to have more fun. I want to have more friends. I mean, I want to have more achievement. You know, those those calls are in. I mean, we've been conditioned to a lot around achievement, so that one we don't really have to worry about too much. The other things are a little bit quieter. But I do believe that this whisper inside of I want to be one with with connected to the whole is in all of us. So to just quiet down, give yourself some time to. Uh, visit that place within yourself and allow it to listen to it and respond to it. What do you want our listeners who have heard all of this, what do you want them to think about their endless possibilities? I want them to think that they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that no matter what's going on on the outside, that they have a valuable being. Their being is extraordinarily valuable. So that's what I want them to think, because I think when we value ourselves, we can actually help humanity the most. It's when we're beating ourselves down and comparing ourselves to others and saying, you know, I have all these achievements, but I'm still not good enough. That kind of self-talk doesn't really help anybody, especially yourself. And then how can you really help others? And when you go to do it, you're not authentic because you're covering up all your fears and wounds. So I want people to think I'm valuable, I'm precious, I'm a diamond, and I have something incredible to share with humanity. What do you want them to feel? What's what thing? I want them to feel? Yeah. Bliss, bliss, yeah. their nature. Right. What I want everybody to feel. And I also want them to feel courage. I want them to know that they're, I mean, the, the, we just talked about think, but I want them to feel their inner strength, to know that they're resilient, to know that they can overcome their challenges, to know that they are bigger than their pain. What do you want them to do when they are feeling, I'm not good enough, I could have done better. Yeah. This is the call to action. Yeah, I want them to silence their critical voice. Yeah. So I, want, this, I want them to remember, I want them to remember that I am here to evolve and part of evolving is making mistakes. If you have an expectation that you're supposed to be perfect, it's just going to drive you into the ground. I mean, perfectionism is one of the worst addictions in the world. It's so disabling. That being, I mean, people might accomplish a lot on the outside, but their inner life, I mean, look at any great star. Look at so many, but Michael Jackson's perfect example of somebody who drove himself crazy because of his perfection obsession. Right, indeed. Well, Peggy, thank you very much. It was a pleasure bringing you on to a climb to the top, Stories of Transformation. I am Chuck Garcia. My guest this evening was my friend, Peggy O'Neill. Peggy, if someone wants to contact you, where do they find you? Yes, my website is PeggySpeaks.com. And I will be um, having a resiliency class starting in, uh, in August. And there will be a free, I have a free ebook on my website and it's called Spring Back, Building Resiliency and Optimism for, uh, for Tough Times. 
So if anybody could want to have some, some more information for me about how to get through tough times and how to build their resiliency, they, please go to Peggy Speaks and download my free gift. Fantastic. And for those of you, our listening audience, thank you as always for tuning in. You can reach me in a few ways. You can go to my website at chuckgarcia.com, hit the contact button, send me your thoughts. You can also send me an email. My email is chuck at climbleadership.com. All comments, suggestions, welcomes. If you want to come onto the show or you know someone who has a story of transformation that they would share in the service of others' good health, please let us know. But for now, signing off and to all of our listeners, good night. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.